read from uh, from Acts chapter 12. If you have your Bible with you tonight, hopefully you came with it. Um, verse 5. Actually, it is talking about Peter. Uh, when Herod took Peter and put him in prison, he had already taken James, the brother of John, and killed him. And the people were happy about it, and so he got Peter. But with Peter, the, the disciples decided to do something different. They decided we needed, they needed to pray. I don't know if you read the scripture and you read the whole story. It's not clear if they were really praying in faith or out of fear, but they were praying. And uh, it says in verse 5, Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And that made the difference. An angel appeared and got him out. And I believe that a situation, with, uh, situation like this with Charlie, if we stand in faith and refuse to be afraid and trust God, God will give us deliverance. The doctor's word is not the last word. I've been in so many situations where there is the doctor's word, and one I can recall very well in Georgia, they gave the word one night, the next night, another doctor went there and said, I don't know what they were talking about. Don't make sense. God can do it. We, we should never give up. If anything happens to Charlie, it's because we give up. If we stand in faith and refuse, there is only one person that has the ultimate call, that's God. And he's on our side. So what I want to give to us uh, in your prayer, I'd like you to always pray Psalm 91. Can we go there? Psalm 91. And that's what I want you to speak over Charlie as you pray. I notice that Charlie has no fear. If you've been around him, he doesn't seem to be afraid at all. He is very confident. And we just need to be in agreement with him. That's what Pastor Andy said. If two shall agree concerning anything. Many times Christians agree, and then before long they come out of agreement when they look at physical evidence. They change their mind. It's a very funny thing if you're around believers when it comes to healing. Because you hear them pray a prayer of faith, and then right after that they are talking to one another and saying, did you hear what they said he had? So I know of somebody that died. He didn't last three months, and they were already talking stupid. We can never do this. Uh, I saw God deliver Pastor Kendall, and God is still in that business today. Verse 15, Psalm 91, verse 15, it says, he shall call upon me, this Charlie, this us with Charlie, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation, that show him my deliverance. And that's what I want you to say over Charlie. When his life, he can die. Yes, I cannot kill him. So we stand on God's word and God's promise with long life God will satisfy Charlie and we stay that and don't say anything else 
If you don't feel that way and you want to speak, please don't say anything. If you can say something positive, if you can, just don't say anything. But speak out of faith and God will come through. Then we have a testimony, a great testimony. That's what the word said, by, by faith. Many obtained a good testimony. And Charlie, we have a good testimony, amen? We are right now going through the valley of the shadow of death. That's what we're dealing with. I know Charlie is in that situation. And that's what I'm going to be speaking on tonight. But God is with us. That's the difference. We are not alone there. God is with us. Amen. So stay encouraged and God will do a miracle. Again, like I said on Sunday, just trying to encourage myself and encourage you. We don't know why. We don't know how. I just don't want to know how God is going to do it or when. That's his business. I know I have prayed over somebody in England from the phone, uh, over the phone, who was sick, dying in bed. They called. I prayed with him. Angela, were you at home that day? Yeah. Prayed with him, sick of cancer, was dying. They said, just pray. I prayed over the phone across the ocean. Few minutes later, they called back and said, he's out in the yard, mowing the yard. You figured that out. But we need to stand firm in God's word, just on God's word. It's not a man, it's God. How he does it, when and how, that's not my business. I just need to stand on his word and refuse to be afraid. That's why we come in here every time to study his word. So we know how to operate in his word. By the grace of God, I've lost fear, uh, my fear for a lot of things. Because I, there is a God. God is. There is a God. Yeah, I understand the physical circumstances. I understand the situation. But I also know there is a God and there's nothing that's impossible with him. Sometimes he comes in for us. He, in human terms, he's really late. But that's just the way he is. Think about uh, the story of uh, Lazarus, John 11. Jesus knew Lazarus was sick. He was told. He knew about it. Didn't even talk about it. Knew while he was ministering to people that Lazarus had died. Why did he wait until Lazarus died? We don't understand any of that kind of stuff. He knew Lazarus had died even before he was told. But he was ministering in peace as if nothing had happened. And that was his friend. But he raised Lazarus from the dead. Was Charlie still alive? Amen? <laughs> Charlie is still alive. We just need not to be anxious. Don't repeat things like, oh, we don't know what's going to happen. Well, we know what's going to happen. The Word tells us what's going to happen. Amen? Amen? So we really need to stand in faith, not in sorrow. We stand believing God. He can change all things in a moment of time. Amen? Thank you, Father. God, I just thank you tonight. Speak to our hearts and help us to understand your word and how to operate in your word. You said from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffers violence and the violent ones take it by force. 
we thank you for the ability what you've given to us the ability to take it by force and the enemy can do nothing about it because you have given us your word and we stand on your word in Jesus name amen that's what Pat said today you can tell the violence in that testimony that she gave she was not willing to accept she was going to fight and she came through she's alive today I was with Pat in the hospital in those days visiting with her but she pulled through and God will pull us through if we stand together amen, amen. tonight I want to speak about uh, a message I titled waters of rest waters of rest knowledge and understanding again like I said knowledge and understanding means power with God when you don't understand the word of God you're vulnerable I mean, I'm not saying if you don't know the Word of God. It's the understanding of the Word that will really bring you deliverance from God. It's the understanding of the Word that is going to take fear out of your life. Anything that you are afraid of attracts whatever, that particular thing. Whatever you are afraid of, you're attracting it. The same thing goes with faith. If you have strong faith in the thing, you attract that thing to yourself. But understanding of the word of God takes away fear from your life. It's so clean. Once you lose your fear concerning anything, if it's a negative thing, you're free. And that's why Jesus will always say to the believer that's coming for help, don't be afraid. Only believe. Because once you entertain fear, it's all over. The game is over. Because fear is opposite to faith. It's false evidence appearing real. And so once you fear, it's the reverse of faith. You attract that thing. Fear is very powerful. So is faith. It just depends on what side you want to be on. But I tell you, it's the understanding of God's word that brings your faith. And understanding is it's a spiritual thing. That's why Paul says this, that God, that he didn't cease to pray for the believers, that God will give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. So the knowledge of God is spiritual. The understanding is spiritual. It comes through revelation. And when you have revelation, then you gain understanding. Once you gain understanding, you gain faith as well. And once you have faith, faith is the victory. You are not going down. There's no way you can go down with faith. Unless there is no God. You let go of the faith, you're going down. But if you stand in faith, you'll stay strong one thing that I, I that has always gone in my, gone on in my mind and i want to share with you wish you now if it's very simple scripture which you know we all quote from the time if you are a grown man old you've been quoting this scripture psalm 23 a very simple scripture but i wrote psalm 23 over and over in my mind again because i just memorized it but that script, that, that passage is so rich. It's so rich. If God gives me understanding, it's very, very rich. 
And I'm going to be focusing on Psalm 23 today. And I pray that God will give us understanding. The key thing in Psalm 23 is, I have a shepherd. That's the number one thing. I have a shepherd. You have a shepherd. One who is taking care of you. One who is fully concerned about your good in life. That's the shepherd's job. One who sees when there is weakness in your life, the shepherd is already known. It's a problem with this particular sheep. This sheep needs attention. And the desire is to make the problem right. To solve the problem. First Peter chapter 2, uh, chapter 2 verse 25 says this to us. For you were like sheep going astray, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your soul. He is your shepherd taking care of what's happening in your life for your good in life, but he's also overseeing your soul. He's the bishop of your soul, making sure everything is right with your soul. But not only that, he's taking care of all your physical needs. He's your shepherd. He's shepherd and overseer of your soul. Shepherd, he's taking care of all of your physical needs. In the natural world, he knows you live in the natural world. You need him in your natural world. So he takes care of that as your shepherd. But he's an overseer also of your spiritual life. He oversees that. He makes sure everything is well. Now Jesus said this. The thief does not come but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He said, I am come that they might have life, not just life, but they might have life and have it more abundantly. And right after he said that, he declared, I am the good shepherd. Amen. You can read it. Right after he said that, he declared, I am the good shepherd. He's going to take care of you. He'll take care of the thief. Who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He'll take care of that. He is the good shepherd. And he'll take care of your needs. He'll meet all of your needs. I believe that when Jesus said that, he was thinking of Psalm 23. He, that was him. He is the word. He is the good shepherd. He takes care of our needs. Now, in Psalm 23, verse 1 through 3, the word of God says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I, you hear me say this, that particular scripture a lot. I'm burying it down in my spirit. That's what it means. I repeat it, I meditate on it, I pray it constantly. Because I believe when God says this to us, He is your shepherd, you will never know want. That's the truth. You have to get it down into your spirit. It is not the will of God for His child to have no want. Otherwise, this scripture doesn't make sense. Yeah. I know we have the situations, but we have to rise up. We have to take the word of God 
discount what we see in the physical, discount what's happening to us in the physical, and decide in your heart, as long as there is a God, as long as Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father in this life, it won't happen to me no more. I'm not going to know want. Sometimes it's hard when you, you decide this, but you have to zero in, and then we'll come into that. You have to zero in on a pasture. Amen? Amen. <laughs> and stay in that pasture. This is one area I want to stay in. No matter what's happening in the world, no matter what is going on with the economy, no matter who is with me or against me, as long as there is a God and Jesus is my shepherd, and I've come to understand that he is my shepherd, I will not know want. I don't care how it was going on. God is able to take care of me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. As long as he is my shepherd, I will not know want. That's for you. That's for me. You have to settle it in your heart. You have to believe it, stand on it. This is the way I'm going to live. As long as God is my shepherd, I'm not going to know want. He cannot fail. I'm not depending on my abilities. I'm not depending on my wisdom or a friend that is wealthy or somebody that's going to help me. I'm just depending on him. And regardless of what happens around me, the circumstances is going to be okay. God will take care of me somehow. He will. He will. I think that's where we're going in Christianity. If he bothers me, I talk to him about it. And let him work on it the way he chooses to work on it. So I can have my peace. I don't have to be anxious about tomorrow. I don't have to be anxious about, I do my best for today, what I know to do. Amen? That's all I know to do, my best. But he take care of me. Because he's God. I believe that God wants us to have in abundance. Doesn't mean we will have in abundance, but he wants us to. And I always want us to remind, just I'm talking to you, but I'm reminding myself as well. I don't care about how he's going to do it, but I just know he's going to do it. I don't care about when he's going to do it, I just know he's going to do it. I believe it in secret, he's going to reveal it in, this, in, in public. That's the way it is. He will. Want is not a part of our inheritance. Otherwise, we won't have that scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The scripture says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. And God will supply all your needs. What? Some of your needs? All of them. Is he joking with us? Kidding with us? Trying to make us feel good by reading that? Oh, that's so nice that he said that. No, he meant what he said. And he will fulfill what he said. We just need to believe these things. We just need to act on these things. We just need to enter into his rest. Rest on his word and his word alone. Amen? Just his word alone. He wants us to have in abundance. 
I like the scriptures. I like to go into New Century Version sometimes because it's very clear. In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, it says, And God can give you more blessings than you need. Can you say amen with me? (laughs) This is New Century Version. God can give you more blessings than you need. I need some blessings, but he wants to give more. God who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you can ask or even imagine. He wants to, that's the nature of God. He wants to do more than you can even ask for. He wants to do more than you can imagine. He wants to bless you with more than you need. That's the kind of God we serve. And God can give you. doesn't say he's going to give you. He says he can give you. That means you have to do something about it so that you can, he can give you more blessings than you need. Sometimes out of fear, we don't do what it takes so that he can do, can give us more blessings than we need. This is scripture. This is scripture. Sometimes I read this, I I say to myself, did God really say this? Does he mean these things? Can I really expect this thing for my life? God can give you more blessings than you need. He says he can. He doesn't say he's going to give to you. There are things that you need to do to make it possible for him to do that. But you must believe that he can. He wants to. It's his will for him to give you more blessings than you need. That's his will. Otherwise, it won't be in the book. But many times we just read and say, oh, that's nice. And we quote it as scriptures. I don't want to just quote a scripture. I want to stand on that scripture and see in this present life that that scripture is working in my life. Then the will of God has been fulfilled in my life. Right? That's his will. But sometimes in our circumstances, day-to-day life and the things that are happening, the difficulties... We just feel, and we just rest in there. Well, it's always been this way, so that's the way it's going to be. We lose faith. And Jesus is asking simple question. I gave you faith. Where is your faith? Where is your faith? Why didn't you do something about this? Where is your faith? God can give you more blessings than you need. Then you will always have plenty of everything. Plenty of everything. Is it God's will? Yes. It's God's will for us to have plenty of everything. So you are in this situation. You're wondering, oh, it's good now. Will God be able to sustain me? Or can I sustain myself in this situation and be happy? Or through life, will something come in and then remove these blessings from me? If God gave it to you, no one can take it from you. No one. And you're not going down. You see, when God begins to bless a person... He just what? He stays with scripture. When you begin to prosper, don't change your mind. According to the scriptures, you will continue to prosper until you become very prosperous. That's what he did with Jacob. The blessings of Abraham, right? It's the blessings of Abraham. Once he started, don't ever think of going back. He's going to go back. Something is going to happen. Unless you're living under the economy of the world, 
then you expect it to go down. But you can rest assured, stay with God's word, it's not going to happen. It's what you allow that's going to come to you according to the word. Whatever you bind on earth is what? It's bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth is loose in heaven. Now I would like to say if two of you shall agree, well that comes after that. It's what you bind on earth. It's what you allow. It's as simple as that. You see, God is a respecter of no one. If you stay with the word, you believe. That's why you can see a Christian who is strong in one area. And then he's weak in another area. And so you want to judge God's work based on his, his, the area where he's weak. Well, there are areas that I'm still trying to get more understanding so I can be strong. It's a lifetime of discovery. I have to constantly study and imbibe God's word and put it into my spirit. Just because you're strong in one area doesn't mean you're strong in another area. You have to pay attention to that muscle. Otherwise, one muscle will be strong, the other one is weak. Because you're not exercising the other one. So you have to get up, you have to go all through. But what happens is when we see a Christian who is strong in one area, and then we see them, you know, not doing so well, we conclude, well, he's strong in all areas. Well, God is not doing something here. Therefore, it must be God's will for all of that. That's not right. You can't judge. You can't judge God's word based on a man's experience. No matter how holy he is, he is not God. And certainly he's not Jesus Christ. Amen. But that's what we do constantly. Subconsciously we do this. Subconsciously we do this. It says, then you will always have plenty of everything enough to give to every good work. So God wants you to be involved in every good work. Amen. (laughs) He just wants you to be involved. Well, if you don't have, you can't give to every good work. He wants you to give to every good work. Now, Deuteronomy 8, verse 18, of course, that scripture, but I'd like to read it from the New Century Version. It says, But remember the Lord your God. It is He who gives the power to become rich. God is the one who gives the power to become rich keeping the agreement he promised to your ancestors as it is today. So he promised your ancestors. That's Abraham. It's his will for you to become rich and not poor. The scripture says rich. He gives you the power to get rich. How was that power? That's up to him. But we must believe this scripture is his will. Now, I'm going to go back to Psalm 23. He says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He is the good shepherd. Notice, he's not saying he makes you to lie down in green pasture. One. Pastures. Amen? There's pasture for health. 
There is a past year for your finances, your relationships, your children, your retirement, green pastures. That means wherever you decide to lie down must become green. Amen? Amen. Must become green. God is the one who makes you to lie down. It's his will for you to lie down, not walk through green pastures. He wants you to lie down there. Roll over as many times as you want in green pastures. Enjoy and have fun in green pastures. Everywhere you turn is green. Many times believers get tired and they want to move a little bit because they think the pasture out there is green. If it's not making you to lie down there, you will find the pasture very dry after a while. Stay where he wants you to be. It will be green. It makes us to lie down. Actually, the literal word for that is tender grass. Where you can have a lot of comfort. He takes care of his sheep constantly. So everything around your life is green. Now... This doesn't mean that there are difficult times will not come. Because then if you go down further in the scriptures, in that same chapter, he tells you, even though you are in green pastures, you're going to have some difficulties. Amen? It's going to be there. So do not run off to other pastures. You may not find them to be green. Stay where God wants you to be. Sometimes God puts you in a place and it seems like it's not green for a while. It's just a test. If you move from that pasture, you you move from your green pasture. If he's making you to lie down in that place, it's going to be green. And if you stay, it will be green forever. You just stay where he wants you to, to lie down. Now, He says in his word, he makes, he leads us beside the still waters. Now check the meaning of that. The literal meaning of that is waters of rest. Still waters. Waters of rest. Not troubled waters. You know, by troubled waters, still waters. Waters of rest. That's what, where God wants his children to be. It's not his will for you to be anxious about tomorrow. You know that. But sometimes it's like the lady that was prayed for. She says, they say, you got this anxiety problem. Let's pray for you so that uh, you can be free from your worry. She said, if you prayed for me and God answered your, pray, your prayers, what would I have to worry about next time? I need something to worry about. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I need to worry about something, okay? I don't need your prayer. If God delivers me from worry, I won't have anything to worry about anymore. So I, gotta, I need that prayer. But Jesus said, come to me, all you who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
waters of rest. Still waters. That's where your shepherd wants to take you to, where you can rest. Doesn't mean there's going to be no problem in your life. You can rest. And the rest is this. You know you have your shepherd. He's going to take care of you. No matter what's happening in your life, God will take care of me. It's a song I used to sing when I was a little Baptist boy. God will take care of you, be not afraid. God will take care of you, be not afraid. He shall save God through sunshine and shade. He's there. He's always there. I have made him my hiding place. No matter what's happening, he is there for me. He's kept me till this day. He's kept you till this, till this day. No matter what's going on, he's there. That's the most important thing. You can rest. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. That's the requirement. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, For if Joshua had given them rest, then he would have not afterward have spoken of another day. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. Now, that's curious. Was Joshua going to give them rest? Think about it. What, is, what kind of rest are we talking about now? What was Joshua's job? To get them into the promised land, right? To give them that land flowing with milk and honey. So if God is talking about rest, if Joshua helped them get in the land, but God said that wasn't good enough. His rest is for you to get into your promised land. Amen? Joshua, the, the, the name of Joshua, that's the same thing as Yeshua. That's Jesus. For the Old Testament. Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, the same name. He was, his joy, his responsibility was to get them from bondage into their promised land. He was a type of the real Jesus. And Jesus is here to get us back to that land flowing with milk and honey. Where we don't have to struggle and fight. But the word of God says. That. He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Why his name's sake? Is he leading us in the path of righteousness? Why? What happens to your life is important to him. There's a lot of benefit for, be, for righteousness in your life. And he wants you to stay righteous. He leads you in the paths, not one path, paths of righteousness because of his name. He wants the best for you. Because of the great benefit that comes upon everyone whom God has declared righteous. We have forgotten these benefits. Psalm 103. 
bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. There is a benefit from being a righteous person. That's why the good shepherd leads us daily on the path of righteousness. He wants you to stay on that path. Not just for you. He wants to make you a showcase in the world. He wants to make the best out of your life so that they will see and know that Satan is lying about him. He is a good God and Satan is a bad devil. That's what he wants to do. He leads you in the paths of righteousness because of his name. He wants the world to see what righteousness can do. He knows without righteousness in your life, he cannot fulfill his blessings or meet those needs in your life. He wants you to be in in that place of righteousness so you can receive all the blessings. So he leads you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. It's because of him. It's all because of him. Now, Psalm 5 verse 12 says, For you, O Lord, will what? Bless the righteous. God, when you are righteous, God cannot help himself. He'll bless you. When you stay in that path of righteousness, which your good, the good shepherd leads us in, his blessings will come upon your life. You, O Lord, will bless the righteous. And the word of God says, the blessing of the Lord makes what? One rich. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him as with a shield. Favor is when somebody does something that you cannot do for yourself. They help you. That's God's favor. Everywhere you go, Jesus was like that, was that kind of person. He had favor with God and with men. So God will bless the righteous. And another thing, the Bible says, the desires of a righteous man shall be granted. Sometimes you don't really need to pray. Just have the desire. Has that ever happened to you? You were thinking about it, you want it, and God did it even before you prayed? Yeah. It's happened to me, to us. But when you know that, then you need to really zero in on that. That's why I believe Psalm, uh, Isaiah 54 says, you know, enlarge the borders of your tent. Mm-hmm. Think big. Because the desires of a righteous man always granted. Always granted. He leads us in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. And you know, there's a lot of protection for the righteous. You know the scripture, Isaiah 54 verse 17. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment... God condemns it. He says, this is the inheritance, the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And then he tells you why. Their righteousness is from me. Their righteousness is from me. When you, are, when you allow God to lead you in the paths of righteousness, there is no plan against your life that will succeed. It just will not happen. You can rest. 
you can have waters of rest in your life. You can just rest in the Lord. I don't have too much time, but I'm going to go real quick and stop. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Doesn't mean that troubles won't come. They will come. But God, every time things are difficult with the men and women in the Bible, God will always say, I am with you. They need to know God is with them. And that's all they need to know. Sometimes what's happening in your life doesn't make sense. But you need to be sure that God is with you. If God is with you, everything is going to be well. What you're going through is just temporary. If God is with you. When it's all over, promotion is behind. Whatever is happening to you, there's promotion behind it. No doubt about it. You know the story of Joseph. He had a dream. You remember that? He went through a lot of difficult times, first in the pit, and then they sold him as a slave. But every time, even as a slave, the phrase you hear, but God was with Joseph. Take care of the problem. He hadn't gotten to his destiny yet. All we know, God was with Joseph. No matter what's going on. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it doesn't make sense. It's dark in there. It's creepy in there. All I need to know, he is with me. He's going to be well. He's going to be fine. In prison, Joseph's life sentence. He was never going to come out from that place. But the Bible says, but God was with Joseph the difference. Don't make sense. Don't know why I'm here. I have a dream. Uh, God gave me a dream, but God was with him. He came out at the end of the trying period. It's the prime minister of the whole world at that time. You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Yeah. They needed God to be with them. Have you heard about fire fellowship? They had fellowship with him in the fire. Amen. God was with him, with those boys. And notice, they were just like the rest of the magicians and the wise men. But after their trial, what happened? They gained promotion because they had fellowship with him. He was with them. Just all I need to know, no matter what's happening in my life, he is with me. That's all I need to know. Remember the story of Daniel? In the lion's den, the king said, Did your God, was, was your God able to help you? Said, yeah. God was with him in the that lion's den. Now, his enemies were thrown into the same lion's den, but the difference was God was not with his enemies. They didn't come out of the den. God was with Daniel. 
point is, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not fear. God has always said, don't be afraid. Isaiah 50, uh, 41 verse 10. God says, don't fear. Because I am with you. Don't be dismayed. Don't allow the problems to dismay you. I am your God. I'll help you. I will raise you up with my righteous right hand. That's the God we serve. That's why he's a good God. Why don't you spend time thanking God for all these wonderful promises concerning you? You're so special. Amen? Amen. Just tell him how special you feel for all of these promises. Wow, God, you mean all of this for me? That's a wonderful life. That's real faith in the, in the good shepherd. Amen? Stand up with me tonight. Don't allow the enemy to uh, give you evil dreams or imaginations in your mind based on the things that you are experiencing in the natural. Rise over that and begin to dream of better days in the future. That's the way to go. It's the way of faith. It's the way of the righteous. Like I said on Sunday, the just shall live by faith. This is the only way we're going to make it. We may all of us start in the same place. But it's the word. faith is almost like taking a risk. Because you can't see what's going to happen. But you know deep inside of you, based on God's word, my future is bright. I don't have to die early. Amen? Because there is a God. Not because of me. Not because of me. But there is a God in heaven. And he's promised me a long life. And no sickness can come into that and remove me from God's word. I plant it deep inside my spirit. Amen. Father, I thank you tonight for your word. You've encouraged us so much in your word. You asked us to trust and obey your word. And you said we will eat of the good of the land. We thank you because your word will not return to you void. We are confident in your word. We don't understand everything that's happening in the natural. You do. And we trust in you, O God. And based on your word, we can say it is well with our souls. Truly, it is well. It is well. Just because of you, O God. Minister this to us, to our spirit, to your people tonight. That even in our sleep and in our dreams... We see wellness. We see prosperity. We see joy unspeakable, full of glory. Thank you, Father, for healing us physically, spiritually, mentally, in our relationships. You have healed us. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.